Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Hey, Jim. I'm doing really well. It's good to be with you today. Yeah, I see you brought along a friend today. Why don't you introduce him? I did. This is my friend, Andy Swart. Uh, Andy was introduced to me uh, from a mutual friend, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And we invited Andy to uh, speak to one of our pastor peer huddles. And uh, he presented on the subject of hitting the mark, you know, uh, when you communicate. And it was so powerful, Jim, that I thought I we got to have Andy on the podcast uh, to get that message, to get that content out to a larger audience. So Andy, thank you so much uh, for being here with us today. Hey, happy to be here, guys. Thank you. Hey, just uh, Andy, take a minute, introduce us uh, to who you are. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, just just everybody. I want them to know who you are as you, you talk so they have a reference point. Well, you can't know me without knowing that I am a family man. I've been married 16 years mm-hmm. to my wonderful bride, Carmen, and uh, we have four great kids, uh, 11 all the way down to three. So we're in that uh, survival stage and uh, just trying to keep our head above water uh, in midst of, uh, you know, ministry and, and uh, pandemic and all that other stuff. Uh, my background was that I, I'm a pastor's kid, mm-hmm. and uh, but I didn't want to be a pastor, had no desire to be. When people would ask me, you want to be a pastor like your daddy when you grow up? Uh, if he was standing around, I would say, heck no. Uh, but I wanted <laughs> wanted nothing to do with ministry. Um, and I made a profession of faith and was baptized when I was real young, but it was really in college. I played football at the University of Central Arkansas. Go Bears! We're in football <laughs> season. And so, so I, I uh, had a teammate who was a devout believer, and we would talk theology and Bible, and I knew all the right answers because I had a godly dad at home, and I, I very much could answer his questions. And eventually one night when we were at our away game, he was my roommate. He said, man, Andy, I think you've got all the right answers, but I don't think you truly love Jesus. And I brushed it off in the moment, but the Lord used that in a series of other circumstances that in the fall of my junior year in college on December 5th of 2000, I was actually watching Billy Graham and, uh, and the beauty of Jesus and the gospel just became alive. I was a moralist who played college football, was in a fraternity and didn't have a drop of alcohol. But yet I was lost and dead in my sins. Mm. And so when the Lord saved me, uh, I didn't have a call to ministry. Um, it was Lord, whenever, whatever, however. And so since that, you know, since that time for the last 21 years, I've been in vocational ministry in, in different roles. And uh, the last two and a half years, I've served as the teaching pastor at the Mount Church in Keller. Fun fact about the Mount, it is the oldest incorporated Baptist church in the state of Texas. And wow. so we we have a rich history, um, but the church went through a revitalization about 11 years ago, and I followed the guy that did the revitalization, and uh, man, love our church and our elders, uh, our people, uh, and it's great. We're right in the region of Lonesome Dove. If you've ever seen the series or read the books, that's literally right where our church is, so mm-hmm. it's a great place to serve. Right. Andy, the teaching pastor, describe that role to us a little bit. I've uh, I'm interested in what is it just what it sounds like, or is there more to it than just teaching? It is. Um, m- most guys, uh, you know, idolize a title in some way. And so uh, I will regularly uh, joke that, you know, I'm kind of more head of janitorial services or how I see my role, <laughs> right? Like, 
we we get the church world we get really creative with titles you know visionary pastor and you know pastor of um, you know knitting homeless sweaters for kittens or whatever it is right so uh listen i i am i am uh what you would probably understand as a lead pastor we don't have a lead pastor uh okay. very much is built into our dna as a mm. plurality and so uh you know jesus is the chief shepherd in scripture and so we've just said you know what senior pastors um very much reserved for him and so my primary role is I, I lead the church through preaching and uh, communicating the vision. And so I spend most of my days uh, leading alongside uh, our other staff elders, our uh, staff. We have, we have a large staff, grateful for them. Uh, and then, but my primary function is is uh, preaching and teaching. So that's about 45 Sundays a year. You add in all the extra mm. stuff and it it adds up to, to quite a bit. But I, I love it and thankful that the Lord uses me however he wants to. Right that's too bad. I was thinking all you did was like for six days a week, you prepared one message quietly in your garden. You know what I mean? And then yeah, came yeah. out and the, yeah. the angels sang. There's a glow about you. And bro, and you yeah, that's your, what everybody thinks. your face. Yes, Jim, that's it, man. That's what everybody thinks. Uh, yeah. That is not a pastor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is, mm. but that's not a pastor. So, uh, <laughs> well, you said teaching guys. I want that job talking to yeah. people, hanging out. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. 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 Right yeah. Don't be deceived. How, how do you, know? you, you talked about vocational ministry and a call, you know, it immediately wasn't there, but then you recognize that that was part of what God created you to be. Tell us that story. Like, was it a moment where you're watching Billy Graham part two, where you, you know, walking in a field or, at the bottom of a cup no. of coffee. What did you realize, man? You know, here's the here's the uh, thing I've kind of discovered is that um, the the trajectory of my life, and, I, and I've seen this in the lives of other people, is that when when the Lord is leading us to something, it doesn't. It usually isn't like a hard right turn. Mm. It's usually just like whatever the next best step is in front of you. And mm. so I started off right after that, saying, "Okay, Lord, you know whatever I can do." And, and so the Lord uh, allowed me to. Uh, first uh, role in ministry was to teach a third grade boys Sunday school class. <laughs> and I would, I would prep. Uh, I was taking Greek and Hebrew at the time and man, I'd study that stuff. Right. And, and, you know, uh, and give oh, it to them uh, just to, to be faithful and yeah. to be a good steward and, and whatever the next step of ministry was in front of me. And so like mm -hmm. a lot of guys, I, I became a student minister, did college ministry. And then in 2008, I planted a church in Northwest Arkansas. And so I was there for 11 and a half years until I left to, to come back to, uh, to Texas. I, I have to say God's country because uh, I am a Texan. And so, yeah. uh, and so whatever that next best, best step was, uh, it was right in front of me. It didn't seem like a big mystery or like, Oh, okay. This is the direction God has for my life. It was just that whatever was right there, the Lord had for me. Yeah. I love that. The dots connect, right? Every, every yeah, step absolutely. connects to the next step, connects to the next step. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I I think that uh, for me too, Andy. If I could just connect to to that for a moment, my call was very gradual, um, mm -hmm. and it started at age sixteen, uh, surrendering my life to Christ. And then the next best step for me was telling my story to somebody, and uh, one thing led to another. And I found as a as a seventeen year old, I was pastoring people without even knowing what I was doing. Um, and it was just that you've described it perfectly. I think sometimes we wait for the, the lightning bolt, right? The, that huge epiphany moment. And many, many times uh, the leading of God in our lives is incremental yeah. uh, over a period of time. So that's, that's really awesome that you, uh, you found that your way that way. I, I, I love that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that maybe lends to more stability, uh, I don't know if I have proof of that. That's just a thought, you know, that maybe that's a more stable way of 
responding to the yeah. call of God. And you become a shepherd, then you kill a lion, then you kill a bear, then you kill a giant. That's it, probably a <laughs> yeah. nice progression, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, there's been a lot of changes, uh, obviously, in the last year and a half. Um, I, I heard one guy recently say that he, he practiced for the whole 18 months by preaching to an empty church for five years prior to that, but it, it was no surprise, you know, for him. It didn't, didn't change his habits at all, but I mean, you, well, I imagine in Texas had to do the same thing the rest of us did. And you, you had to switch the way you communicated. You had to go from a, a live audience to a lesser live audience or to a virtual audience. So I, every, the, the truly entrepreneurial person will we'll find an opportunity in, in every environment, right? So what, what have you found? Like, as we move forward, what, what are the, the takeaways that maybe this current environment has created for a communicator um, that, that are unique, that if we, if we, we don't wanna get you know, trampled by the wave, we wanna surf it. So, what, what, so we don't get run over by this thing that's coming at us called the future that's costing a lot of guys their hope and they're, they're selling cars now, they're doing something else because of that. What what has the wave done for you as a communicator to help you surf it rather than to, to drown you with it? Well, Jim, I wish you would have asked a less controversial question. You, you should just ask whether we should mandate masks in service, right? <laughs> I mean, this this is the debate. The uh, debate among ministry leaders is is are things going to quote go back to the way they were? Or, and even hearing hmm. pastors say that, I just wish things would go back to the way they were before. Um, which, you know, I think all of us would agree that things are not going to go back to the way they were before. And right. then on the other end of the spectrum, I think we, we have a place where everybody's saying it's all digital. It's all digital, all digital. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I think um, I can't remember who it was, Greg Atkinson, possibly. He, he said that it's kind of fidgetal, that yeah. we have to understand that, that ministry that we have is the person in front of us, but also very aware that there's somebody on the other side of a camera, other side of a screen who has a soul, is hurting, has needs, has questions about Jesus. And so really, I think the hybrid model is uh, what is uh, most effective in some way. And uh, some guys, you know, you mentioned the guy that was preaching to an uh, empty church for five years is that, you know, there, there really are people out there that are watching and listening, whether we have a conversation with them after the service. And so that should lead us to think about, okay, how am I, how am I addressing the fears of the person who won't come to the gathering on a Sunday morning or to a worship service, uh, what are they experiencing? How are they understanding their fear in light of a God who's in control of all things? So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, that's right down the middle, right? Very political <laughs> for this season, very pastoral, just right down the middle. Uh, but it has uh, been a challenge that I feel like our church has navigated uh, extremely well. They've responded well. We weren't shut down very long here in Texas. We took about seven weeks. It was online only. And then we mm-hmm. went back to it. And we've seen, of course, over time, we've seen a growth of our Sunday morning service attendance, and we've seen a decline in our online attendance, but it's still there, and it's still something to be very important about, about how we're going to minister to those people as well. Right. And when, when you're communicating, you know, I, I heard a leader say one time, you know, where are you putting all your energy? And he says, we're putting all of our eggs in both baskets, which I, I thought yeah, was a neat, exactly right. we're, we're going to do our best yeah. we can in both arenas. But when you're communicating with a live audience and with an online congregation simultaneously, any, anything you've learned that would help? Because some people, they, they've talked to a group of 100 people their, their whole ministry career. Now they're trying to incorporate, you know, this, this, this thing that doesn't give you the same feedback. Have you learned anything that's really helped you be effective when you're doing that digital uh, communication? Yeah, yeah so, the, you know, the, the, uh, this is not uh, remarkable to the, uh, uh, to the Christian world or to the, you know, pastoral ministry, whatever it is. The, you know, there, there's a ton of things concerning body language and concerning looking directly at a camera, the effectiveness of that, 
you know, we have a really gifted technical team, extremely thankful for them. And one of the things we talked about a lot was like, okay, what kind of shots are we actually doing? You know, yeah. uh, if you're limited by technology, man, do the absolute best you can. Uh, yeah. And I think the more close we can actually get to be able to see the expressions of a communicator online, yeah. be able to see them look directly into camera, to see their passion, to see their appeal to the person on the other side of the screen. And you have to be very intentional to carve out those moments in a sermon to uh, effectively communicate to them directly. Because th listen, it, they will receive it and they will respond if we're addressing them and they don't think that they're just, you know, part of an online audience that, you know, they're just getting it for entertainment in some way. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So treat them like they're there and they'll be more there. Treat them like they're going to do it five years from now and they'll, they'll treat it less. Yeah. yeah. Andy, you said something uh, in, in responding to Jim's question that it's not on our list of questions, but I, I, you know, you talked about pastors saying, I wish it could be, we could go back to the way it was before. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of that. Uh, in our in our uh, circles that we travel, and um, you know we've come up with a way of helping. Well, we think it's helpful to frame uh, that thought process. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that whole sentiment of, you know, I wish we could get back to normal, or or this sentiment. You know, before COVID, we were running this many. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I've heard that for I've heard that for 18 months. Um, can you? And I know I didn't prep you for this but just give us your thoughts on how can we help pastors think differently about those items? Well, the natural, I think the natural tendency is to go to what's comfortable, but what got us here won't get us there. And so right. I always want to tell pastors, you know, no matter how long you've been in ministry, no matter your education level, you've always had to make adjustments in some way. And it's really getting outside of our comfort zone that, we really begin to see that we're walking by faith. And the temptation is always there to do what we've always done. And, and maybe it was enough to, you know, get the numbers there, you know, whatever our focus is. But in some way, we, we very much have to see that this change in culture and what's going on, not just, you know, in our own communities, but internationally, is an opportunity for God's people to walk by faith right. and to say, okay, Lord, you've brought this to us. How are we going to respond to this? We can be angry, upset. We can get in our holy huddles. Or we can see that this is the greatest opportunity we've ever had in the history of the church to spread the gospel far and wide. And, and if that doesn't get mm -hmm. you fired up, I would lovingly say to a brother, may, maybe you should, you know, go sell insurance or ice cream or something like that. But we, we have to have to be very uh, sure that the reasons why we're doing it is to get the gospel out and not right. to build up online numbers, you know, to pat ourselves mm -hmm. on the back or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that one of the best thoughts I think that was communicated to me is, is look, it's time to move beyond the, this is what we were pre COVID, right? What we are now is the new baseline. And we're going to, we're going to, that this is where we're starting from. We learned a ton in the last 18 months, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to waste energy living in uh, an 18 month old uh, thought process or paradigm or pining for that because you said it earlier, we're not going back to that. Um, so I, I hope that's good advice or good counsel to pastors. You know, like, look, we appreciate the loss. You know, we, we're not minimizing that. We're not marginalizing. You should grieve the loss. But there is a season of grieving, and then there's a season to move forward. And we're trying to get pastors to think moving forward more than looking back. What Do you, do you think that's wise from your perspective, or are we hitting the mark there? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, pastors... Uh, I, as a pastor, as the son of a pastor, as a man who has a heart heart for pastors, 
uh, pastors are probably the, the um, most discouraged group mm. in your church. And I always want to come back to, I've never met a pastor who's been overly encouraged. So many times our people will think like, well, I don't want to encourage my pastor too much because, you know, that'll lead him to, you know, have a big head. Well, my, my pride issue is not based upon the compliments I receive. That's a heart issue, right? So mm-hmm. so I, I want pastors to be encouraged that the Lord has given you, and I would say specifically you, not somebody else's ministry. He's given you this opportunity to be faithful with whatever you have. And, uh, and that's easy for, I think for, you know, how we compare ministries and ministry size. Oh, if I had that technology, if I had the live stream, if I had, you know, whatever it may be, uh, I would very much just encourage that pastor that the Lord doesn't want you to have somebody else's ministry. He, he wants you to have your ministry and fulfill right. your ministry. So, so be encouraged, even in the midst of feeling off balance, feeling like we don't have the answers, feeling discouraged, the, the Lord is with us and he goes before us. And that very much, I think, has to be kind of the uh, verse that we just kind of put under our pillow uh, mm. at night when we sleep. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, well, Andy, you know, I can't believe that we haven't even asked you about communication yet, um, because we've been asking about all this other uh, these other items that I think are really important. But would you would you hang out with us for another episode uh, so that we can really dive into the communication uh, aspects of of preaching and teaching what that looks like today. Would you be willing to do that for us? Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Okay. Jim, would you kind of wrap us up? Yeah. I I mean, I just want to do a teaser for next week because Andy is going to answer the question. Tell us the worst talk you ever gave. And I I think (laughs) when pastors get together, that that should be something we all discuss. Not not what's the largest audience or what's the most hands raised or the most baptized. Like this is what's the worst thing you ever ate on a missions trip? That's the conversation I want to have. What's the worst sermon yeah, that you've ever you've ever taught and why? And I, I think not only will we enjoy that story, but I think we'll learn something from it. So dear listeners and watchers, thanks so much for being a part of this today. If there's anything we can do to help you in any way, connect you with any resource, any any help, any any knowledge, any wisdom, that's what we're here for. We're here for you. And so we are praying for you. We love you. And uh, just go get them this week as you continue to lead from a life.